welcome to OBSCAST, brought to you by the medical students of UCD and RCSI. Please note that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Please consult your doctor if you have any concerns about your health or pregnancy. These podcasts were created in accordance with RCOG guidelines. My name is Molly and in this episode we will be reviewing risk factors for venous thromboembolism in pregnancy and how to counsel a woman with multiple risk factors. You are the doctor asked to review a woman who is 28 weeks pregnant. She is 36 years old, has a BMI of 31 kilograms per mu squared and was a heavy smoker prior to her pregnancy. On the physical exam you know that she has large and varicose veins bilaterally. You are concerned about her VTE risk and believe she should be started on an anticoagulant as per the hospital and national policy on VTE assessment in pregnancy. You must discuss with this woman um, about her risk and obtain her consent. Good morning Miss O'Brien, my name is Molly and I'm one of the doctors who will be looking after you here today. I've taken a look at your notes and I can see that everything has been going nicely along through pregnancy. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty well, thank you. Uh, I got a bit tired walking in today from the car. My legs just can't carry the extra weight anymore. Other than that, I feel okay. Okay, well, it's completely normal to feel tired when pregnant. When I was examining you earlier, I noticed that the veins in your leg look a bit swollen. Have you noticed that yourself? Yeah, I've been wondering a bit about that. They look awful. I guess it must be just like what happens at this point in pregnancy. Is it not normal? So the swelling in your le- uh, leg veins are called varicose veins and they can be a very normal part of pregnancy. As you know, your womb is getting bigger and this can put pressure on the other structures in your abdomen, including veins. This pressure can cause blood to pool in your veins, which causes them to enlarge. In your case, the veins do look very enlarged. My concern is that the blood in your veins may not be moving fast enough and can have the opportunity to clot. Have you ever heard of blood clots before? Yeah, I think I had an uncle that died of a clot in his lung and I I really wouldn't want any blood clots myself. Do you really think I am that high risk? Right now we are in a good position to be able to prevent something like that from happening. You have a number of risk factors which would increase your chances of having a blood clot. Pregnancy in itself is a major risk factor. Your body is going through a lot of changes and preparing itself to give birth. Part of this preparation involves the blood being able to clot a bit more easily to prevent blood loss. When I went through your history and after examining you, you have several other risk factors that can increase your risk of clots even more than other pregnant people. I think it would be wise to start taking something to thin your blood. Yeah, I've heard of them before. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure I want to take anything that would harm my baby though. I know some of them are made from rat poison or something. Oh, I totally understand your concerns. The safety of you and your baby is of the utmost importance to us. The blood thinner I would be suggesting is called low molecular weight heparin. It actually has a very good safety profile in pregnancy and can even be used while breastfeeding. This medication isn't able to cross the placenta so it can't harm your baby. Okay, that doesn't sound too bad. Uh, How would I take it? So this medication is given through injection once daily. It is very easy to use and we will teach you how to use it. As we will be starting this medication during pregnancy due to your risk of developing a blood clot, it is also important that you continue taking it after pregnancy for six weeks. That's a very long time. Why do I need to do that? It's it's important because uh, the risk of developing blood clots in pregnancy is actually highest after giving birth. As there is reason enough right now to take the blood thinners, then it is incredibly important that you continue to take the medication after you give birth. We may need to increase the dose following your delivery to ensure that you're adequately covered. Does that sound okay to you? I'm not sure, to be honest. Will this affect my choices for delivery? I really want a vaginal delivery. I I wouldn't want a C-section. 
A vaginal delivery is just as possible on low molecular weight heparin as it is without the medication. It would be safer if you could be off the medication for at least 12 hours before your baby is born. This is for two reasons. The first, if you would like to have the option of an epidural, then it's better you're off the medication. And the second is not to increase your risk of bleeding after birth. Because of this, when a woman is taking heparin during pregnancy, we try to put this in the birth plan. This may mean a planned induction so that the medication can be stopped in advance. Some people do not wish to have an induction and sometimes women will continue to come into the unit in labour before a planned induction. However, if you go into labour spontaneously, it is still just as possible to deliver it vaginally. Okay, well, I wouldn't mind a planned delivery. I think I would want an epidural, so that seems like a good option for me. Yes, we can work through the planning of the delivery in the coming weeks. As I've mentioned, the medication is very safe during pregnancy and usually very well tolerated, but I do need to talk to you about possible side effects. While we aim to reduce the risk of clotting, unfortunately, this means you can be at an increased risk of bleeding. This is something we can reverse if we need to. Bruising around the injection site is also quite common. Rarely low molecular weight heparin can cause a condition we call heparin-induced thrombocytopenia. The condition can cause you to have a fever and feel short of breath. This is very unlikely to happen, but we will monitor it closely over the coming days and weeks to make sure um, that it doesn't. Again, very rarely, heparin can also cause osteoporosis or spontaneous fractures. I really don't want to worry you by listing out these scary conditions, but it's important that you know about them before you agree to take the medication. I strongly strongly believe that the benefits of taking the medication will outweigh the risks and that this is something that the haematology team will agree with me. Okay, well, I'll, I'll trust your advice. I think it's the way we should go. Should I start taking the medication today? If you don't have any further questions, then I will give you a few leaflets on what we've discussed so you can read later. Before you can start on this medication, we need to take some bloods to look at your kidney function and your platelet count and make sure that the medicine will be suitable for you. After this I will link you in with the haematology windwife and we can start you on the medication. Does that sound okay to you? It sounds like a good plan to me. Great. If you have any further questions please feel free to ask me at any time. We will schedule an appointment for a few days to get you started on the medicine and to train you in on how to use it. You may wish to have someone else with you there for the training and that's absolutely no problem. Great. Thanks doctor. This podcast was written by Louise Dowling and voiced over by Molly Murphy O'Kane and Catherine MacDonald. Links to the written notes and sources used in the podcast are included in the description. We would like to thank Professor Mary Higgins for her help and expertise in creating this podcast and also Kevin Murphy for letting us use his recording studio. Thank you for listening to this episode of Obscast. We hope you found it useful and that you'll join us again soon.